0: Welcome back to The Show Off. I'm Stacey Oaksheaf, city news reporter here at The petuda Advocate.
1: I'm Effie Bateman, lifestyle and entertainment reporter at The Patuta Advocate. And
2: I'm Laura Marcia, entertainment reporter at Pedestrian. This week on The Show
0: Off, it's been 20 years and we're still not over. Shannon Knoll losing to Guy Sebastian. We've got your Christmas shopping sorted with Goop's Out of Touch gift guide. And who is Matt Rife and why does he suck? Let's get into it. <laughs> This episode of The Show Off is brought to you by BWS.
1: BWS is here to welcome all taste buds without judgment.
0: It's all about whatever floats your boots. That's refreshingly BWS.
1: And today we're dabbling in a cheeky little carbon neutral bevy from Largo Brewing, and this one is the Doodla, which is low carb lager. Ooh!
2: So whether you fancy ice in your wine or seltzers with sashimi, BWS is absolutely here for it. And on that note, my friends, what is your guilty pleasure food drinks combo? Ooh. Ooh! She got a bit
0: excited. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Guys, I'm an eggs and
0: prosecco girl myself. Oh,
2: i think that's yum thoughts <laughs> that sounds like diarrhea <laughs> no it sounds like brunch it sounds like add some it caviar, sounds like a good
1: time that's what it sounds like an
2: orange juice in the prosecco and it's
1: mm, brunch mm, yeah mm-hmm. i am a vodka and fried chicken yeah lover delish mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um i'm a tequila and nerds girl you know like the little
2: lollies <laughs> that have the box <laughs> to
1: shake around yes do you put it in i've yeah, tried that and yeah. it's not
2: good okay but like crunchy <laughs> shot <laughs> nice kind of like that it's actually really good i had it the other day and then you can at a wedding i was having so much fun we had a box of nerds and i was using it as a maraca <laughs> cheers guys cheers. Cheers. Woo. Wee. Wee. Uh, so now last week on spotify we asked you what affirmations you think that jeff bezos does in the mirror <laughs> we got a lot of good responses the first one is by a username i'm not going to read out really sorry they wrote you're a great man jeff you're rich Powerful and women love you. You will rule the world and Elon will be my bitch. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) I love that. Lily said really simply the letter J. Thank you. And then. I wonder what it means. (laughs) Jeff. Jeff. Like just (laughs) him. (laughs) Jeff. And then (laughs) Megan, who at this point is a friend of the pod. Uh, We love Megan. This is Megan's third week writing and we really appreciate it. Megan says, I wish I could be this rich without exploiting my workers. Oh, Wait. (laughs) it's pretty good so stick around to the end of the episode and we'll be reading out another question for you guys to answer on spotify First up, we have Laura
0: with a blast from the past and some thoughts about our reality television future.
2: Yes, so as you know, one of my favourite things in the world is to wax lyrical about reality television. Um, so it's been a really big week for me. So, in case you don't know, on Sunday, the 19th of November, 2023, marked 20 years since Guy Sebastian won Australian Idol, Jesus the first Christ. ever season makes you feel old. I feel so old. Yeah, so old. So old, I was eight at the time, but it really had a huge impact, I think, on not only me, but on like the Australian reality TV landscape. And as far as reality TV goes, it was a huge deal because it was kind of the first time that a talent format had been mixed in with this voting. So everyone felt like they got amongst it. They had a say in this outcome. It was a really big deal. And at this stage, so this is in 2003, reality TV was still pretty new. So before that, we had like, do you know Sylvania Waters? It, that was like our first ever reality TV show. It was in no, 1992. No. Mm-hmm. A bit young, gals, a bit young. Well, um, pop Stars. Like oh, that that was was pop Next, Stars yeah. 1999, was 1999. Yeah, wow. Which bonkers. So that was like marketed as a docu soap, but in today's standards, that would be like a reality show. So that's where Sophie Monk rose to fame. Iconic. Then our favourite, Big Brother, was in 2001. And that was a game changer because that's where we had this voting format. So. Having this format was bonkers and it took over the Australian public because we can finally have a say on what goes on on TV. It's like an interactive novel, but on TV. So by 2003, voting for people on an idle stage blew us out of the water because we'd followed them from like the beginning where there's these people auditioning and half of them were great and the others were delusional. And it was like, whoa. And then we followed their entire journey for six months and then here they are. So the finale got 3.3 million people to watch wow like i know it's in a pre-streaming era where there was only like four things to watch at one time on tv on each channel but i just think that's bonkers so in this scenario watching a tv show was like a unifying experience it wasn't like on demand where we can pick anything it really brought the country together so in the finale, you had Guy Sebastian, and he was a 21-year-old dude from Adelaide, a church worship leader. He had the fro at that stage. Mm-hmm. Everyone was like, go the fro. <laughs> and then you had the everyman Shannon Knoll. He was from like rural New South Wales. He had a Southern Cross tattoo. A lot of people just saw themselves in Mr. Knoll. And then Guy was singing Angels Brought Me Here is his final song. Certified banger. We all know that song. We all love that song. Then... That basically Guy won, as we all know. Guy, Sebastian was the winner and it cemented him in like Australians' hearts but also in everyone's mum's Spotify-wrapped. So then
0: 100%. I know, my
2: mum will love Till this day. Yeah, <laughs> she loves him. She always texts me his new songs. Um, anyway, so conversely, while Shannon Knoll was like the biggest star, Shannon also was huge. Yep. And I would argue that the impact of Shannon was just as strong as Guy's because he released What About Me? Which- I
1: think Shannon has a bigger cultural impact yes. on the Australian landscape. Like he is seen as I'd say he's an icon. He is an icon. He is quintessentially Australian and as you said that underdog. Yeah. And I think with the guy Sebastian, Shannon Noel, it actually was perfect. You had like sort of the angelic, can't do anything wrong guy Sebastian, and then you had the more rough as guts, country boy. Mm-hmm. And people were either one or the other. But everyone almost
0: rallied around Shannon Noll as this, like, underdog, yeah. which made him
1: equally as successful. Yeah, I would I'm say, glad. Yeah, he actually probably yeah. wouldn't have been as successful if he won. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. I think you both hit the nail on the head because he released, like, What About Me?, which we can all hear as I'm saying it. And it spoke to, like, the disenfranchised white dudes around the country who was like, What About Me?,
0: What about me? Um, Even the fact that you said that when we were on our way to the Rugby World Cup and you know how everyone does their chants before? Yeah. Like the whole train that we were on as one, all the Australians saying, what about me? That was one of our war cries before the match
1: they should have sing, sang
2: saying shannon knowles lift you gotta lift
1: oh the biggest loser song yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> you gotta live i love that song i've been listening to all of them this week like all of the hits and it's been i'm in a time capsule
0: so it just goes to show how much of an icon he is he yeah to this day yeah.
2: absolutely so look that was 20 years ago And what it has to do with now is that it can never happen again. And I don't mean that. (laughs) I know. I don't mean that. And, like, I don't want it to happen again, but I just think that the climate of reality television doesn't allow for a huge unifying moment like Idol to happen again. So Idol aired from 2003 to 2009. And then we started to get other shows like X Factor, like Australia's Got Talent, and even international ones like Britain's Got Talent and stuff came on our TV. So... As you'd expect, the ratings slowly began to like decline until they just like decided to put the show on ice for a bit. And then it came back this year. Do you know did, it? G- yeah. oh. <laughs> did it? Yeah. Really? Oh no. I'm a voice lo- loyal loyalist now. That's fair. I like the gimmick of the mm. voice. I do. But yeah, no, it did come back this year, the beginning of the year. It had like Amy Shark, Megan Trainer, Harry Connick Jr. and Kyle oh. Sandlands came back. Very white panel of people. And then it's coming back again and Marsha Hines is joining the gang, which is good because I always loved Marsha. I loved Marsha. Oh, she was she so was sweet. Favorite. She really was incredible. Had a lot of experience and nurtured the contestants. So Australian Idol came back earlier this year, but clearly the vibes had shifted. Mm. It debuted to 413,000 viewers only. And that is like a fraction. A fraction. Yeah. And isn't
0: it prime time? Yeah.
2: But like... While you can't expect it to be the same as like two decades ago when it was in the millions, if you compare it to MAFS, which gets consistently like 800000 a night, it's like not good. Mm, It's not good. And it's mainly because with so many things on demand, ratings are going to be in a consistent spiral. Like why should people watch Idol, which is a format we've seen for 20 years Mm. when there are 100 other things to watch. Also, the stakes aren't as high. Like we no longer care if we have a vote. It's not as fun. We vote on influencers' polls every single day. Yeah. We can watch people make it in a grassroots way online. So what's it? What's special about the idol format now to launch careers? And does it even launch careers?
1: Mm. Like, I don't think it does. When was it the last time? It definitely
0: doesn't. No. Or even just uh, – hate to bring it back to the voice, but I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my mum is a die-hard, die-hard voice fan. But she is almost about to start dropping off the voice because – Name me one person who has had a career from The Voice or besides that season of The Idol mm. and the one after with Jessica Malboy Was that right after? Was that the season I after? I don't know, actually. I think uh, Kalia and Donovan. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But those, say, three to four yeah. early on seasons – from then on, I could not name anyone else who has had a successful career from that. No.
2: And a lot of people have distanced themselves. Like Matt Corby, he's the biggest international mm. artist from Idol. He's from Australian Idol. Mm. But, like, I was telling my partner about this yesterday and he was like, Matt Corby's from Idol. And I was like, yes, Kim. And then there's other people like that. Vera Blue was on The Voice and she distanced herself. Like Celia Pavey, I think her name is, and she changed her name that she was on The Voice and what was Celia. And... Another thing is that in the last few years we've seen networks rely on nostalgia, so bringing Australian Idol back and then having Big Brother fans versus favourites. Then the new Big Brother, as you mentioned before, is now like Love Island. It's just
1: all mm. attractive people. Yeah. And, in fact, I think reality TV now is there's too many hot people and we need to bring back ugly people. We need bring to bring back, back so average, average Aussies that only have a couple of hundred followers on Instagram, that have a normal job, Bring that back, maybe. But they're like their local larrikin. Like yes. everyone
0: knows them in their community. They're a character in their own yeah. community. Yes. And they're going to steal the hearts of the Australian public. Yes.
2: Yes, absolutely. Because I think networks need to think outside the box on how they can bring back viewership. And I don't think it's as simple as, like, rehashing ideas that have worked. I think it's literally just going to the heart of what people love, which are these people, everyday mm-hmm. larrikins, but an underdog story. Mm-hmm. We yes. are a country who love underdog stories. We do. And it
0: doesn't mean that, like, normal-looking people can't have a bit of drama, you know? Exactly. They can still be drama,
2: even mm. if they're not hot. Yeah, spend a day with my friend group. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And what do you think, like if you had to pitch a show, right, an Australian reality show that you think would connect with the audience maybe as much as Idol in season one?
1: What oh, would it be? I actually have a reality show idea. Um, how do I make sure that my IP is protected? <laughs> um, I don't know. This is Effie Bateman's idea TM, for TM. a <laughs> TM. Divorce Island. Oh. Couples going through the rocks. Have to go on this island and they have to couple's do all couples therapy. therapy. Yes, love it, but obviously as producers, you make sure that you're getting people and you know what sort of people they're attracted to. Like you just, it's going to be a shit oh, so show. So you've got temptation. Yes, you've got temptations mm. and you've got to like. It's all you know. It's the opposite of maths where it's trying to keep these marriages together. They all have to do all these like bonding experiences can they and, do, and have like, couple sessions. Can they there should be a challenge. <laughs> There'll be challenges, yep, yeah, where they like on maths when a couple they couple swap. A couple swap for a week. A so you can host. Um yep. we'll be
2: I'll producers. be the therapist. You
1: can be the therapist. Yeah. Any qualifications? No, you need to no, know. No, yeah, yeah, and um, they've got to try and figure out what is the problem and why like why has their relationship gone stale or and, and Chaos will. Enjoy. I think that's I would watch brilliant. that. I would really. I would watch definitely that. watch
2: that.
0: That sounds like a show that would be on pedestrian TV. Yeah, pedestrian <laughs> television would
2: love that show. Matt <laughs> we CEO, we should pitch it to them. Tm tm tm. I'm going to pitch it. Yeah, <laughs> genuinely. Someone let Matt the CEO know, and we will. Um, <laughs> <get> I've <on. laughs> also
0: got a really good show yeah. that I
2: would love to pitch him. So it's like a Real
0: Housewives esque. Type of show, except it's in Larimar. So, oh. if anyone doesn't know where Larimar is or what's gone down in Larimar, watch the Netflix show Last Stop Larimar. There's this scandalous murder disappearance that goes down in Larimar, which has a population of eleven now ten <laughs> because Patty has has gone missing, and it's I've never watched a more interesting. Mm documentary in my life. So much drama in that little town in Darwin.
2: Yeah. So much drama.
0: We need camera crew there 24 seven.
2: Yeah. Also both of these ideas tick off all the boxes as far as I'm concerned for compelling viewing. It's got like normal people, it's engaging. Aussie battlers, yes, mm-hmm.
0: normal people with with drama, the yeah, sh- and who aren't hot, who aren't hot, <laughs> yeah. and imagine like Andy Cohen like <laughs> setting up a reunion in Larimar, and they're all sitting on the couch, just like going at each other, be drinking bright. beer and smoking chain smoking cigarettes
2: he wouldn't know what to do wow guys you're really putting the show in the show off (laughs) good job so in conclusion i think what we're saying is that reality tv needs to bring back the uggos
0: yes that's in a nutshell
2: okay good Up next, Stacey, you've got our Christmas shopping sorted.
0: I do, guys. Look, Christmas is just around the corner. Can you believe it? And with that, obviously, our favourite brands, they're starting to curate their Christmas gift guides. Gwyneth Paltrow, who we all know, she's released, Scoop has released their ultimate gift guide. So for anyone who's looking for a special gift for that special someone... I have some options for you. Mm-hmm. So she has many different gift guides, but this one is called the ridiculous but awesome gift guide, and I've just picked my top favourite. So we've got an island rental in Fiji, from a cool thirty-nine k, and oh. you have to stay for a minimum of three nights. So Good.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, that's, that's okay. I mean, uh-huh. love that. I love that. We've got a twenty-four karat G-spot vibrator. Mm-hmm. For fifteen k, oh yes, Jeez, we've got. Cuddle
1: me afterwards. I know.
0: <laughs> it would more be like you would want to not hide that vibrator. No, away. you would want to display yeah. that in yeah. all its glory.
2: Yeah, but it would be so sad that being next to like I don't know a bottle of Durex lube. Like yeah. you need something fancy, wouldn't you? Next yeah, to
0: it? like seaweed lube. Or like seaweed, a little bit more expensive. Yeah, <laughs> seaweed lube that she also sells on Goop. Yeah, totally.
2: Yeah, no, just goop. It, it should be called Goop. Yeah.
0: Ah. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, we've also got a, a studio gong for 2K. I was actually thinking that would be a good gift for some type of, like, real estate agent office or yeah. something. And every like, time they do a deal, they, like, go up to the gong and they go, yeah.
2: Next year yeah. on Sailing Sunset, you'll see that instead of a Yeah. Bell, yeah. Like, Gavin. By an Oppenheim thumb.
0: <laughs> Gavin's going, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and then this one, which I think is quite reasonable, a cheese wheel, aged 24 months, $396. That
2: one I could be tempted by. Yeah,
0: that, and that's like the that. probably teetering or, towards the lowest end mm-hmm. of what's on that list. But um, look, she comes out every year with her gift guide and, you know, in the past she's obviously gotten a lot of backlash for these kind of over-the-top out-of-touch gifts and just, I guess, goop in general, right? But I feel like there's definitely this changing attitude, especially after the trial. We saw Gwyneth just be unapologetically leaned into every stereotype that, you know, she's been labelled as and we ate it up. We loved it. It was a whole spectacle. It was camp, I would say. Mm -hmm. Yes. And with that, I think there's just this whole changing attitude, right, where we've almost accepted who she is
1: I'm actually on board because I am sick of celebrities being relatable like there was a time where all Bella Hadid said was how much she loved pizza and she would eat pizza all the yeah. time like I don't believe you mm. I don't believe that you eat pizza mm. all the time so I think it's uh, it's nice that's there's a celebrity who's who's like no I'm not relatable I am absolutely in no way relatable mm.
2: yes I completely agree that is such a good point that was such a wild time to be alive when models were like, pizza every day.
1: Yeah. Or Cara Delvingne. She's like, oh, I'm just going to have a cheeseburger before the show. I'm like, really? Really, are you?
2: But when it comes to Gwyneth, I've had this conversation for like months and months with my editor, Maddie, because... We have reported on Gwyneth and her weird antics a lot. Like, there was a story I did, which was literally Does Gwyneth Paltrow eat ass?
0: Because she. I read that just before and I, yeah. I laughed out loud. Thank that you was so one of those articles I've ever read. Did she
2: say that she eats ass? She said, Not usually, no. Okay.
0: I love that as a response. And she had it as on like a white background yeah. as well. I was like, That's iconic.
2: I know. It actually was so iconic. But even the fact that she would entertain that question, like, yeah. she doesn't have to answer it, mm. is funny. She totally leans into this, like, unobtainable yet self-aware weird mum who's a businesswoman who yeah. once acted at the top of her game. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, exactly what you're saying. I think we've accepted her now and now we're just enjoying the spectacle of yeah. her, right? Like even when her she did her 73 questions, it was so, you know, out of touch and unrelatable but we loved it. Like she even had a – what was it, an Oscar – As a doorstop. (laughs) I I love her for that doing that.
2: that.
0: And then you go into her garden and it's just like lavender fields and she's picking flowers. (laughs) It's so Gwyneth and I'm here for it. (laughs) And I think with these, you know, Christmas gift guides, now people can't wait to see the, you know, outrageous stuff that she creates on Goop. It's almost like this marketing genius you know, tag this strategy that she's doing where like obviously she has these really outrageous things on her website but then I've also noticed, you know, she's got on her website gifts for under a $100, yeah. right? So she's getting people in on these crazy, you know, 24 karat vibrators and then once they're on the website they're like oh there's lube for under a hundred dollars what have you guys picked from that list what would you guys want from that um gift guide
2: oh i had a big look my favorite thing is the 10 Escargo picks in translucent glass nail holder. <laughs> now i'm just going to show you what it looks like all right so oh my god i saw that, can you see? that that's like cute, cute I love but that. also looks like a bit of a glass dick and then you've got all up here up the top Sorry, it's hard to drive from this angle. Yeah. Up the top is little snails. I love um, it. Yeah, that's what I would pick. And it is $567, which seems quite that's reasonable. A bargain. A good. bargain, yeah. yes.
1: About Effie. Effie. I, so I've come up with an idea for Gwyneth. It's not on our website yet. Huh? But what about a series of lipsticks that are matched to your vulva? <laughs> That's actually oh, like an an the color! The color! I love that. So not nipple. You know how you're meant to match your yeah. Best you look- match it to your vulva, and then you wear it, and and you could be like, this is this is the color of my vulva.
0: This you are full have so many a of so sneak peek for what's for later. Thank you. I love that.
1: Yeah. And I then we can all feel it. better because we're like, oh, they come in all different colors. Yeah. Well, would
0: you have to go? You know how you go and get like a color a match. match? Would you have to get? Your Pikachu color match to yes.
2: <laughs> Go to your gyno and for an extra ten bucks, <laughs> they'll color match you with that little thing they do at Mecca.
0: <laughs> they have like an um, array of different, and they just yeah. hold it up.
2: Maybe they'll send you a kit at home, and you can and then, yeah, yeah, just like a service.
1: Just hold it screen. up to your, your flaps, and then do like a
0: little sample. And finally, Effie, why does Matt Rife suck?
1: Ugh. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so like. Many people who stumbled upon comedian Matt Reif, I found out about him last year because he does this really good crowd work and he started uploading these videos to TikTok. And I remember finding the videos very funny and sending them to my friend and we thought he was cute. And we agreed, we're like, oh, if he comes to Australia, we should definitely go and see one of his shows. Anyway, he was really popular for months. like, He was huge on, on TikTok. He was the girl's comedian. Women loved him. But then it kind of all came tumbling down because he appeared on this podcast called Stiff Socks. And speaking of labias and whatnot, he um, started saying all, like, this pretty gross and misogynistic stuff, especially about women's clitorises and just, just being an absolute pig. And mm. this is when the glass started to break. and His true colours. His true colours mm. came out and there was a lot of talk on TikTok, oh, this guy seems to be a massive dick, actually. This prompted people to make videos calling him out and he would often comment on these videos and stoke the flames and then he went on more podcasts and kind of just doubled down on these gross comments. Anyway, his popularity has continued to fall and it seems like he's leaning very hard into being a dude comedian, Uh. which all came to a head with his Netflix special, which has just come out. So he said on his Netflix special, one thing that I wanted to tackle in this special was showing people that despite what you think about me online, I don't pander my career to women. I would argue this special is for guys. Because that's what we need more of. We need more of. And mind you, he's famous because of women. This is like if Harry Styles went on stage and was like, fuck you, bitches, I hate women.
2: (laughs) I'm bald. I'm bald. (laughs) I'm bald.
1: (laughs) Like it's, it's, <laughs> his, whole, his whole career, the reason why he is famous is because of women. And so this Netflix special has copped a lot of flack. So the opening joke, he describes going to a restaurant and the hostess has a black eye. Rife tells the crowd, which prompts one of Rife's companions to wonder why she's been assigned to Greek people instead of being moved into the kitchen where patrons can't see her face. What? And then Rife says, yeah, but I feel like if she could cook, she wouldn't have that black eye. Fucking hell! And aside from being a horrible joke, this up. this sort of "oh, women gets a black eye for not cooking" joke has been around for fucking ever. Like it's also, not it's new. It's not funny. It's not clever. It's not original um, at all. And so the, his whole show is just like these stupid recycled shit, and it's all just shitting on women. It's about oh, I sat next to a fat woman on a plane, or girls are into astrology and crystals. Like they're all just really stupid old jokes and my theory is that he was rejected by women for years for being unattractive and nasty and now that he's become sort of good looking and successful he's kept that jaded misogynistic side and it's it's such like a typical thing I think with male comedians where they have to feel like they're being edgy and they they, you know you attack a lot of they always punch down
0: yeah well especially right like a lot of men in positions of power that they'll go to is to like punch down especially to women right? yeah it's like
2: yeah and I swear I've heard him talk about maybe it was on a podcast or just I just saw him a couple of times on TikTok like I haven't watched the special but he made a comment about how he never used to be good looking and that he has like kind of blossomed into this big mouth looking dude and so like that's exactly right. Like, if that's the case, I can imagine why he's got this internalised misogyny – not even internalised, very surface-level misogyny.
0: Well, he yeah, probably yeah. thinks that women are just secretly laughing at him, not with him behind closed doors. I mean, right now – It's got to come
1: from, like – it's insecurity. Yeah, and of course. The thing is, when you're telling – the good comedians who get away with telling edgy jo- jokes are good at their craft. It is something that you hone in, and there's a special way of being able to
0: articulate, articulate yeah. and
1: weave a joke, whereas – He's just coming out and being the shock factor. And I think, I don't know about you guys, I'm just, it's boring. Mm. It's boring, it's gross, and it's not funny. And I think this is going to be the downfall where people have who've watched this special said, I thought he was funny because of his crowd work. And then seeing his show, he's not funny. He's just a pig. And I think it's cool that. Gen Z seemed to be really taking him down and saying this isn't okay. Especially like if you think of your parents' generation, how many comedians were just the I hate my wife jokes and that oh. was like the big, that's what they all did. It was yeah. 90% of jokes were I hate my wife, I hate my family, they're so annoying. Um, whereas Gen Z, are calling him out saying, hey, you're actually, this isn't okay. Like as you said, Drew, Drew a follow, is that, how do we say so it? So Drew it's a follow, w- um, she made a video a fantastic video taking him down and i'm glad that it's just not something that we're accepting anymore mm. what is his uh, audience
0: predominantly female gen z's or like
1: it seems to be different age groups but it is women so it's it's actually just a very stupid marketing ploy mm. to go against your core cool audience like yeah. it's just dumb but he's so – he wants to be accepted by men so badly. He wants to be a part
0: of the boys' group. He, yeah. And in order, he thinks he has to put down women to do that.
1: I would love to have a strong female following. That sounds great. Same. Why would you not want
2: that?
0: Yeah.
1: They, oh, they all Imagine the hot? comments, like, that's like, if
0: it was favourable, if he was actually doing good joke, they'd be like, yeah, slay
2: queen. Yeah, <laughs> everyone wants to be told slay queen.
0: I know. Yeah. I'd love nothing more than when someone – Says like, what? multiple fire emojis Same. on my pose. So. And I always
2: tell my partner, I'm always like, you're going to slay the day." And at first he didn't like it, but now he's like, yes, yeah. slay queen. Yeah. Bless him.
0: We um, need more men like that.
2: Do. We do. We do. We do.
0: So the question for us Spotify listeners this week is what would you guys pick from Gwen's gift guide? And if you don't want to pick anything, just say Slay Queen. Slay.
1: Slay.
2: Queen. a couple of fire emojis, you know.
1: The love heart eyes yeah. would be nice as well. Yeah.
2: Thank you. Megan, we're talking to you. you know <laughs>
1: Well, that's all we've got for
0: you this week on the internet. Thank you again to BWS for keeping the lights on.
2: Thank you for listening and join us again next week on Spotify or if you want to hear more of Effie's amazing ideas and watch them happen, please tune in to Pedestrian Television on Nine Now.